Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Live Free Experience. I'm your host, Brianna Bowley, international human potential coach and founder of the Live Free Movement, a movement dedicated to showing the world what else is possible. So on today's episode, we're doing things a little bit differently, and instead of having uh, just one guest, we're actually going to have two. So I was lucky enough to connect with these two individuals uh, in a week-long conversation, if you will, uh, in Bali. So it was actually a self-development course, I suppose you could call it, in the form of a week-long conversation. So something very, very left of centre. And within this uh, particular event, I was lucky enough to watch a very unique um, conversation unfold between these two particular individuals. So... um, on today's show, I'll be chatting with Melissa Ray King and her partner, Sean King. Now, these two are in a open marriage, um, and this is a topic which has been something that I've sort of been curiously delving into a little bit, um, just to, I suppose, <sighs> explore what it brings up for me. And um, I believe that it's a topic that is quite uh, triggering for most people um, because it is so left of the mainstream, I suppose. It's so unconventional. Um, And so I was really, really excited uh, to dive into this topic with these two. And um, what comes about from this conversation, I feel, is a very deep deeply feeling exploration into what it is, what a relationship is uh, and, and what it is to live the human experience in relating to other people. So I'm really, really excited about this one. Um, dive in, guys. Mm, enjoy. Hey, how are we doing? Great. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Sean, how are we? I'm doing great. Thank you. That's good. Um, Really awesome to have you both uh, on this interview today. Um, I'm really excited about um, chatting with the two of you about this this particular topic because this is something for me that um, I've sort of been, I guess, curious about. Um, I haven't had any sort of opportunity, I suppose, to explore it in my own world. Um, but it's definitely something that I've been curious about diving more deeply into. So today we're going to be talking open relationships. Um, Yeah, so I guess, I mean, you two are in a open marriage, am I right? That's correct. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So I guess the best place to start, um, did you two want to kind of maybe run me through how that came about for the two of you? (laughs) Sure, definitely. Um, Well, we were dating each other uh, sort of with an unspoken assumption of monogamy, Mm -hmm. um, at least in my mind. Uh, And it really wasn't quite true. Uh, on Melissa's end, and we reached a point where Melissa's sense was that 
in order to have the depth of relationship that she really wanted with me, she needed to be completely honest about how she was feeling, what was happening, and so she found a way to gradually lead me to ask the right question, gradually revealed more and more over a period of time, somewhat gauging my own comfort levels, you know, with sensitivity to how I was feeling and what I might be ready for. Mm -hmm. We finally arrived at the point where I, you know, understood the nature of how things actually were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sort of moved forward from there as far as processing our feelings and uh, meaning by processing, that's abstract, I mean sharing our feelings, communicating them, um, communicating them unedited, which was very essential to us. Um, getting to a real deep lever of level of, of connecting, uh, connecting with each other. Uh, so, so that's how we got started from my perspective. Wow, Melissa, your take on things? <laughs> uh, yeah, what he said and. I would say that I realized at some point that I was hiding, that I'd been hiding most of my life with regard to what was happening inside my body and uh, my emotional experience and eventually just hit a wall with that Mm -hmm. and decided that I wanted to stop hiding and that's a gradual process. But it's been really great to go on that journey with Sean. Uh, It's it's been really rough at times. And this thing revealed, which I think is a primary component of having this kind of arrangement actually succeed, uh, takes a lot of courage. And mm, absolutely. And effort, continued effort and self awareness, <laughs> which is ever sort of changing, evolving. Uh, there's always a new perspective on mm-hmm. ourselves to gain from being revealed and reflected back by those around us. Mm. Yeah, it's so, uh yeah. Wow, yeah. I um I mean in my most recent relationship which has 
come to an end. Um, I had a, because as I said, it's something that I'm sort of curious about on some level, but haven't had, I suppose, the opportunity to actively um, experience. And um, just from the two of you sort of telling me that sort of intro into how it began for the two of you, um, for me, I had the discussion with my ex-partner about the possibility of maybe exploring that path because for me, I see it as almost an opportunity to um, have a deeper connection and to, um, I guess, learn learn more about yourselves as individuals but as a partnership as well. Um, and when I kind of, I guess, softly put it towards my partner, it was just a flat-out, no, hell no. Um, so I take my hat off to both of you for having the courage to do it because I think it's something that many people, it triggers a lot of people. Um, mm. Mm, it's a very triggering sort of unconventional approach. Um, can I ask, how's it sort of, what, what's the reaction you've had from, I, I mean, I presume that you're sort of open about the fact that it is an open relationship? Uh. Well, actually, we're sort of outing ourselves right now in this okay. conversation. <laughs> no, but, there you go. I mean, we're, we're out. We're out to lots of our friends, and uh, you know, I'm semi out to some of my family members. Uh, just not like, hey, we're in an open marriage, but just you know, they know things about my life that make it pretty obvious that yeah, um, practicing non-monogamy or polyamory or whatever you want to say. Uh, but I think I definitely want to make a distinction about the exploration, you know, the understanding and the cognitive space of being open, what we call love open. Uh, that was part of our wedding words that we declared to each other when we got married. Uh, you know, it's not just about the act of engaging in, you know, romantic or intimate relating with somebody other than your primary partner or whatever you want to call someone that you're deeply connected to. Uh, it's, for me, about the mindset about how I feel in my body, you know, what I'm holding back and what I'm fully living into uh, and what I feel like I have the freedom to explore from moment to moment uh, without having, like, all kinds of obstacles and walls and boxes of assumption and expectation built around myself mm. that are is limiting me in ways that I'm not even aware of most of the time, which I'm sure I still have a lot of that going on, but <laughs> less than some. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd say on, on, on my part, um, it's really about self-awareness and honesty, being mm. as aware as possible uh, as I can be um, about what I'm actually feeling uh, mm. in my body, what's happening in my mind, 
um, and being as open as I possibly can be with uh, Melissa about what that is and, and also other people who may be open to hearing mm. about it. It's not about what I choose to act upon or do mm-hmm. other than that. So um, I think a lot of people in their mind, they make it be about sex or romance in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much more nuanced than that. Mm. Um, and so it, it, it's what's essential is, is examining what's coming up for me and sharing it and being honest about it without um, sort of burying things because they don't fit my idea about myself or my idea of what other people expect of me mm. or want from me or whatever. So and that's that's part of what I think we both mean by being revealed. Mm. The, yeah. two, the two steps of, of, you know, really noticing what's actually happening within and then sharing it out with Mhm. Mm. What a um what an intense journey. How have you sort of found so from the friends and family that are aware of it? How have you found their reactions have been towards you being in an open marriage? Cuz I mean it's quite unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> I would say some of our friends are also sort of practicing similar lifestyle lifestyle mm-hmm. choices or uh, and some not. I feel like with both with friends and family, at least me personally, I've already created sort of a space of operating in that doesn't invite a lot of judgment or uh, like challenging of how I'm choosing to live my life. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like spend a lot of time or say many years establishing my boundaries around that kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh, with people that I'm close to. And so, you know, people will ask me questions if they're curious and I like it to be happening that way. And if someone's not curious about it or they're afraid to ask, then that's their deal. But for the most part, uh, I don't really get, like, criticized or uh, feel like anybody's giving me flack because I'm not really open to that occurring. Mm -hmm. Sean, has that been the same experience for you? I think I have a narrower range of people who are aware. Um, I don't have any direct family that know. Um, And many of the friends 
Melissa's out to or mine as well. Um, usually if it's a situation where someone's finding out for the first time, um, my experience has been people are are a little bit astonished and curious, yeah, um, mostly, and not necessarily so judgmental, uh, generally because people we are coming out to, someone I'm coming out to, I already know pretty well. I'm mm-hmm. not casual about it. So, and they may, they'll probably also know Melissa fairly well, so they understand our relating and its longevity and its depth and its quality, mm-hmm. um, how we show up for people as a couple in addition to how we show up for people as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're already sort of buffered against snap judgments or fearful reactions by that experience, long-term yeah. experience of us. Hmm. So in terms of the relationship and how you two relate to one another, do you find that things like jealousy come up more, I suppose, or is this something, what do you, what do, you do when those moments do occur? Do, do you want to give... I have something to say. <laughs> well, if you do, go first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, feelings in my body that I can use the word jealousy to describe mm-hmm. occur. Um we, Sean and I both think of jealousy as what we call a tangle, mm-hmm. which is the issue with lots of nouns, lots of names that we give things, lots of objects that we create in our minds or mm-hmm. concepts. Uh, we kind of lump a bunch of stuff together and we give it a word and then we sort of toss it back and forth at each other Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily examine what's in that ball of stuff that we're tossing back and forth with this word. So when we talk about being jealous or feeling jealousy, like we try to unpack Mm. what's happening there. Uh, and primarily notice that it's a feeling or set of feelings or range of feelings that are happening in the body. And then uh, stories and meanings that we're making out of those feelings with our mind. Mm-hmm. And just starting to understand that that's what's happening and as much as possible in the moment, like staying with that that ride and noticing that and being able to share it, uh, at least be aware of it and then, you know, have the capacity to share it in more detail and more specificity, Mm. which I think really 
it doesn't necessarily dissipate or tone down the feelings in the body or the emotional experience, but it it provides like a slower way, like a more detailed way for it to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. And well, the, with the more detail, I guess it slows down the the volatility of it or the you know the the out of controlness that you can feel when you're on that ride. Mm-hmm. At least that, that's my experience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it, the way I, I like to think of it, a metaphor is like you could have like a little roller coaster that where the tracks double back on themselves, or mm-hmm. you can have a roller coaster where you get on the ride for a period of time and you go through what you go through and then you get off the ride. Mm-hmm. So if you, if I, if I'm able to notice and reveal what I'm experiencing in real time or as close to it as I can when it with the person that it's that is involved, specifically Melissa, for example, um, then I get that roller coaster that's got a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. If I don't say anything, if I stay hidden, then my body feeling turns into a story mm-hmm. that feeds a new body feeling, that feeds a new story, mm-hmm. and it just <laughs> starts to spiral and take you usually take me down, you know, like, like I can get depressed, I can get very isolated, um, closed off is what I mean. So, yeah. so that's what, that's what I'm after in that process is it's not to avoid having the feelings, um, it's to have them once mm-hmm. and then open a new space for other kinds of feelings and experiences to arise, mm-hmm. um, rather than get stuck and then separated from Melissa and separated from anybody. Because really what happens is it's kind of one, there's one relating channel. If you close it off for one person, you wind up closing it off for everybody. I do. Mm. And it's something we tend to believe is true for many people. Most human beings don't compartmentalize very well. So shut down for one, especially if you shut down for your most important intimate relationship, then every one other relationship in your life or every other relating in your life, the activity of relating, the quality suffers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Right? Mm-hmm. The quote. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. So, Sh- Sean, I get the impression that you've had monogamous relationships in the past. Am I right? Correct. I've and also mil- had... A non-monogamous. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. No, you go. Um, so I've had. I said I've had both. So, yep. Um, and as as have I. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. in a monogamous marriage for for five years, and then Sean and I were monogamous for about five years as well. Mhm. Okay. So. As the two of you have kind of, I guess, experienced both sides of the coin, do you sort of find that, um, and 
I, I think I know the answer to this question, but just for the listeners' sake, do you find that there is uh, more or less ease being in a open relationship than a monogamous, um, sorry, a monogamous one? I'm getting tongue twisted here. Or they sort of, I guess, the, the challenge, does it tend to show up in a varying form between the two? Um, maybe just different kinds of dis-ease, if you would, non-ease. Um, I think there's some missed opportunity for energy and depth if I'm not... Um, sort of open to the idea at least mm-hmm. of exploring relating intimately with more than one person. I can make yeah. the choice not to. And when I do make that choice, there's a cost. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to claim for myself that I know for sure that I'm more comfortable uh, in an open a uh, relationship than I'm in a, in a, a closed one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that um, a monogamous relationship is going to encourage me to be less open and real, mm. I think, than one where really delving into feelings that I may have for another person um, and potentially the, the, you know, open-ended allowance to pursue them or investigate them directly to enter into intimacy with another person. Um, that In that situation, I'm more likely to be open, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, energetically open, emotionally open, um, probably sexually open as well in the sense of being open to expressing myself sexually and, um, you know, um, being vital as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Melissa, do you have a take on that? I would say any form of intimate relating is inherently challenging Mm. in that it really creates a very close mirroring of ourselves back at ourselves and that can get really ugly uh, especially if it's unexamined and Mm -hmm. unacknowledged because it usually just becomes contempt over time or boredom that results in some kind of emotional numbness. Um, And I think that I've seen plenty of polyamorous people who are living fairly unexamined in their own way also. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's just a monogamy or polyamory thing or an open or closed relationship thing, but I think they both have their challenges. 
Mm. I, I personally am, uh, I've experienced long enough stretches of monogamy in my life to understand uh, that it hasn't worked for me. Like there's uh, a high value for me in the connectivity of a long-term one-on-one relating that is examined and revealed and creative, generative, uh, that's open to change all the time. Uh, And the extent to which that in practice from moment to moment includes any intimate relating with another person or any other people, uh, and when I say like romantic, I mean, that's not the main issue, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and that brings up another point for me is just talking about intimacy versus romance versus, you know, where do we draw the line between those things and whoever explores that territory and who isn't really uncomfortable with exploring that territory. Um, so that just opens up a whole nother conversation about how we connect with each other as individuals and in community with each other, uh, how we share ourselves and how we invite others to share themselves with us, Mm. either intellectually or physically or emotionally or artistically. so that's kind of the the bleeding edge I want to be on, and it's not easy to be there, uh, but I feel like that's where the most like, juice is for me, the most life energy, mm-hmm. where I feel the most creative and uh, like I'm living my life in a way that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, in terms of relating with one another, is is it all sort of, I guess, open and um, honest? I suppose, and and how how do I want to word this? Is it all something that you know you discuss openly, or you know when you are uh, in relation with another person, or is it? Is, is it something that's openly discussed or is it more something that's sort of, um, I guess, kept, I suppose, private to the individual or how does it all sort of, I guess, work for the two of you specifically? Can I ask a clarifying question? Of course. I, I, I think you there may be two questions. You might be asking one question is um, how much does – Melissa or I reveal to another partner about our relationship or its status. 
That's mm-hmm. one question. The other question is, how much detail does Melissa share with me or I share with Melissa regarding um, an outside person? An mm. outside person. That sounds terrible. Another person. <laughs> <laughs> they're not outside they're someone outside of our little <laughs> an outsider <laughs> I guess I mean they're not both they're both valid questions but the, the I mean let, let's explore both firstly can we take it from the point of view of how open are you with one another um, in terms of your relationships with someone to use the word outside um, let's go with that first <laughs> Well, we took on about seven years ago now, practicing radical honesty, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very irreverent book by a guy named Brad Blanton that we both read and just really resonated with. So we started going through the process that he recommended in the book and just taking on the understandings. And uh, one of the things that we did as part of that process is we took an entire weekend and told each other our life stories in as much detail as we could possibly muster. Wow. And I think we each, we each took at least eight hours, I think, to do this with each other. <laughs> I love that idea. And this, yeah, this is a practice that just, it's like, here it is. It's all on the table. Like, I have nothing left to hide, at least nothing that I can think of right now. And, like, if you still love me after this conversation, <laughs> we've just entered a whole new clearing in which to create, like, something really awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we continue to practice that kind of honesty with each other to the extent possible. Now, specifically, if we're talking about sharing, you know, details of one relationship, you know, with one partner or another, you know, how much of that information gets cross-pollinated. I mean, I think for us, Sean and I, we share uh, pretty much as much as the other person is comfortable hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking into consideration what, if any, limitations, you know, another partner may have put on what they want to have shared with anyone else. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's sort of more of a, um, uh, I guess, circumstantial thing rather than like a clear-cut answer. Is that right? Um yeah, I mean it's specific to the person and the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm asking questions of, about Melissa and how she's relating to someone else, I better be ready for what it answers for whatever mm-hmm. I ask because I'm going to yeah. get them. She's going to tell me. Mhm. So, I've learned for myself that um you know, some things are TMI and that's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And unless Melissa feels some very strong compulsion to share something with me, but she can't be at peace with it unless she does, um, I'm an, not under any obligation to ask and know everything. Yeah. So, and and vice versa. 
Um, I also, on my own end, um, I am sensitive to what someone else I'm relating to uh, intimately might want revealed to Melissa. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say walk up to someone or whatever and say, "Hey, I'm going to tell my wife everything we're doing." <laughs> right? And I mean, that's that's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's really up to what's real, which is the specifics of one person to another and from time to time, you know, because mm. what my needs and um, around what I need to know or feel like I need to know or want to know about what's going on with Melissa vary from time to time. I'm not a, you know, monotonic person. So I want to honor that reality as well and not have the expectation of myself that I'm going to be the same in a week or a month mm-hmm. as I am now in mm-hmm. regards to, you know, what I want. And um, which kind of, to me, right now points to the idea of like, well, do you write everything down and make a lot of rules and, and written agreements and do yeah. stuff? And we, mm. we don't do that because I myself can't conceive of that being real. It's just mm-hmm. something that um, you start to relate to instead of each other directly. So you relate to the rule system and you hold the rule system up and say, hey, we agreed to this three months ago and – now I have an excuse to be upset with you about this not being real anymore. Mm. Duh. It doesn't really make, it actually makes no sense at all. Mm. Well, so. I will say, I mean, you know, anybody who has boundaries about anything right now is going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Of course, you know, I should expect that if we agreed on something three months ago, that you're going to keep it up, you know, keep that agreement up today. Right. Uh, otherwise, like, how can I possibly feel any sense of safety or security in the relationship at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so my response to that is that we practice discovering agreement rather than making it. And part of that practice is an inherent understanding that things shift over time and that what feels right in the moment today may not be the same as what felt right in the moment yesterday or three months ago. Uh, And I'm not talking about being flippant or... Uh, flighty or inconstant I'm just talking about when two people are relating with each other and there's a certain level of understanding and mutual regard that has built into that like external consideration for the impact of my actions on the other person, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not just going to like take lightly the 
crossing of a boundary or the shift in my feeling around an agreement that may have been valid for me at some point earlier in time, right? Mm -hmm. But I need to be self-aware enough to know when that's happening for me and be willing to, like, reveal it, deal with the conversation that needs to happen around it, be willing to, you know, really shed a light on my own experience and, like, and be willing to take in, like, whatever that reaps from the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it might not be pretty. And, you know, I don't have to take responsibility for somebody else's uh, response to my actions, but I feel I do want to be aware of the impact Mm. that I have on someone else so that I fully get at, like, the body, gut, you know, feeling level uh, what I just did if I changed something, you know, about what I said I was going to do or, and, you know, and, and I discovered it in a moment that was like not planned. (laughs) Uh, And I just have to be willing to, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing the game by those rules, then I, deal with the results of my actions, you know, in, within that, the structure of that game. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you spoke before about um, coming to a point of, and I apologize, I can't remember the exact terminology you used, but uh, was it radical honesty? Was that the term you used? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, So in kind of, I I suppose, operating from that space, has that invited a deeper level of trust between the two of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's a deeper level of trust, and it's also a deeper level of acceptance, of knowing acceptance. Because literally, I mean... You put everything out on the table. You're not, mm-hmm. nothing's hidden. Um, <clears throat> oops, I don't get to pretend to be someone I think the other person wants me to show up as. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't mm-hmm. get to sort of edit myself to please them. I'm just putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. And if they don't walk away, <laughs> wow. Mm. So the other thing is that it's like, oh, I just went through this extremely deep process of non-judgment, you know, of self or other with Mm. someone else who granted that to me. Now what's possible? Mm. For myself with other people. 
like mm-hmm. can I can I put aside my own tendencies to judge other people and be far more open to how they show up to me? You know, I'm open to my own feelings about how they're showing up to me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, not just put them in some sort of box in my mind that says, well, you're bad because you did that. And I don't like you because you're like that. You're bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know that what I'm takes saying? me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you get into the wow, you're human and you're really interesting. Mm. And I'm mm, okay absolutely. with how you are as a human being, you know. Mm. And that's 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 a powerful place to stand in. No matter mm. who you're relating to. Absolutely. Mm. It's, uh, I feel from a, um outsider's perspective, it's almost inviting the possibility of allowing a relationship with another person to be of a transitory nature. Um, I know for me in the past, uh, in my own relationships, uh, I've had the tendency to, I suppose, almost put my partner in a box of this is who I know them to be. Um, and I guess sort of anything outside of that is um, is outside of my comfort zone, you know, because it's, it's, hang on, well, that wasn't, you know, what I signed up for, I suppose. But in an open relationship and having that open honesty, um, I, again, if I, from an outsider's perspective, I feel that it would allow uh, a consistent deepening exploration of who our partner is um, from moment to moment. Does that sort of make sense? Mm-hmm. I think mm. so. And it also invites our partner, you know, not everybody... is going to live from that place or act out those kinds of desires in their life. I mean, it's just not, you know, not everybody's about that. Not, not everybody wants to explore that, wants to need that. But I think anyone who's really honestly relating and open to the shifting of circumstances over time in general, mm-hmm. open to their partner growing and changing as a person, you know, creating something new, you know, open to themselves doing that. It mm-hmm. seems to me logically that the idea that your partner might be attracted to another person or uh, have any kind of urge to blur the boundary of platonic friendship with anyone else in their life ever. seems like that's part of the package of really actually embracing change as part of life and part of who people are and 
how they show up in the world. And mm. there's such freedom in starting bit by bit to like cut the threads that like bind us up in uh, this like emotional straight jacket mm. that comes with trying to fix somebody or a relationship as a thing that is going to fulfill expectations that we've built as a structure around who they are for us. Mm. Absolutely. I used to be and very... like even I I, I I feel that in my solar plexus. It's like <laughs> oh, that's hard. Mm. <laughs> that's so hard. <sighs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I interrupted you. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I know for me, I was, you know, once very skeptical about the concept of an open relationship. And I actually listened to a uh, another podcast um, probably about four or five months ago um, regarding open relationships and I guess how they... Um, <laughs> I suppose how they work for lack of a better term and one thing that was covered in this particular podcast was that um, in a relationship we, we always sort of want the best for our partner and we want them to have a enjoyable experience uh, in life and uh, you know we, we ultimately only want them to be happy but uh, in a closed relationship there's almost like this line of um, you know, you can enjoy life and you can um, experience pleasure but not with another person. You know, it was almost like this really clear-cut line of I'd like you to enjoy the fruits of life in every other aspect but not in this particular aspect. Um, and that sort of hearing that kind of really woke me up to, I guess, that it, it almost seems a little bit backwards in my not, in my mind that we would want the best for our partner and we would want them to be happy but not specifically in terms of relating with another person. And even in terms of specifically the the uh, the open honesty, um, again, it was, you know, in our intimate relationships, we expect that, you know, we have almost a confident, I suppose, or a, or a person that we can... Um, come to know on the deepest level and be the most open and honest with but in a mm -hmm. closed relationship it's almost like we can be open about everything except for having a, some sort of attraction to another person or um, you know we can we can talk of our uh, you know I suppose deepest darkest, darkest secrets until it gets to a point where it's in relation to our thoughts of another. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. that sort of, I guess, really, hearing that really shifted me into seeing it in a completely new light that, um, not to make monogamy wrong, because, you know, as, uh, as you said, Melissa, for some people, they're just, you know, they have no desire for a for an open relationship. They have no desire for that experience. 
Um, But I think to completely disregard it as an option is really closing ourselves off from um, the diversity of life. Um, And it's closing ourselves off from a lot of possibility. It's an assumption that deserves examining, I think. You know, if there's any uh, feeling of friction or tension around it. And I think a lot of people just understand monogamy as one of those things. It's like, yeah, sure, you have urges for other people, whatever, you know, it's cool. Uh, You know, the statistics are that most monogamous relationships or reportedly monogamous relationships aren't really monogamous. People are cheating on each other and uh, doing it behind closed doors. And there is nothing inherently wrong with um, in my book the practice of intimately relating or romantically relating with more than one person uh, at a time when you start to get into the realm of lying and hiding and creating a situation where somebody else's life is going to blow up if if things go awry or if, if what's hidden gets revealed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you start to open up questions about integrity and, you know, workability of not, and I don't mean integrity by morality, I mean workability, structural integrity, like how something can stand up and how well you can actually just have a life that works under those circumstances. Mm. Um, And some people don't need to explore that at all. And some people just don't want to, they would rather not know even if something like that is happening for their partner. Mm. Uh, but I think a lot of people just have that assumption built into their monogamous arrangement and they never examine the question because there's so much emotional volatility behind it. Like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, you even touched on the subject with your partner and it was a very unpleasant uh, situation, right? Mm. And, you know, I I got divorced once already for bringing up the conversation. And, you know, luckily in that case, it wasn't a big blowout. It was just like, hey, oh, well, so this is happening. And um, so do we get divorced now? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's what we do. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. So we did. Wow. Uh, and, you know, now all these years later, it's like, oh, well, if I had known then what I know now, you know, like maybe that would have gone differently. But at the time, like that was the only solution we had. Mm. Uh, didn't know what else to do. Didn't know how to da- navigate it. All I knew was I was flipping out and depressed and, you know, totally sexually just, you know, repressed and 
having a terrible time of it and whatever I needed to do to like free myself up and get some space to figure things out is what I needed to do. And that was how that happened. Mm. Uh, And I think that happens for people. And then, you know, what did I do? I went and got myself right back into another monogamous relationship and having to be with Sean. Uh, and that was fine for a while, you know, but then it wasn't anymore. Mm. And uh, rather than understand that as some kind of pathology on my part or like something that was wrong with me, like, shit, you know, like, I'm not doing this again. Mm. I gotta, I gotta have a real conversation about this and I gotta like create something new here. And I gotta be, really conscious and careful, not careful in like calculating, but just uh, thoughtful, I guess mm. is the word that I'm looking for, uh, in navigating this territory with my partner because mm-hmm. I know it's going to be really scary for both of us. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know if you want to talk about your own sort of already existing resistance to the idea of open relating. Yeah, I'd, I'd been in one before, which sort of I, I entered into the that state somewhat reluctantly and fearfully with my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then and then it was kind of it was kind of great um you know sometimes some delirious to the point of distraction um when it was open on my end and hers at the same time um kind of a fun ride and then i wound up with two people breaking up with me at the same time <laughs> try that one on mm. ouch okay never again Mm-hmm. So, and this is something that I knew about Sean's history, right? Before mm-hmm. we did the whole radical honesty, like let's share our life stories with each other thing, like I knew about this. And so, you know, I'm in a monogamous relationship with Sean, and I'm realizing that that's not working for me. And I don't want to lose him. I don't want to do the same thing I did before, right? Like, oh, okay, well, here, let's get, let's, let's break up. We weren't married yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So I hit it. I mm-hmm. started going, you know, going out and seeing the person I wanted to see and keeping it a secret, mm-hmm. just like a lot of monogamous people do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Quote monogamous, unquote. Yeah. (laughs) I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. Just integrity-wise, like, it's just not workable. It's it's, some people can do it. I just needed to reveal what was hidden. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I knew that he had this trauma, like, (laughs) Like, how am I going to even talk about this with him? 
So mm. I wish I remembered more about the journey from like I need to reveal this to actually revealing it mm. because it it was a while. I mean, at least probably a few months of self-discovery and of little conversations and just like getting one little step closer <laughs> to the scary ledge that I was going to have to leap off of eventually. Mm. Uh, and I, yeah, I really wish I had more like specific memory. Maybe I'll have to do some kind of like self-hypnosis or something to remember, <laughs> to remember more about that process so I can share it. But uh, the bottom line is we're both very brave <laughs> about the situation and, and had to share a lot of really tough stuff and go through a lot of really hard emotional territory to get to the other side of that. And mm. I mean, I don't know, Sean, if you want to share any of, well, I do want to mention that over these last six, seven, eight years of our relating together, uh, well, about the last five or six years, we've been writing a book um, Mm -hmm. called Direct Relating. At least that's our working title. And uh, we expect that to be out into the world sometime later this year, but it's going to be a combination of, you know, some of our own personal stories and the primary concepts that we use for ourselves in relating and like the reminders and pointers and uh, understandings that are keystones for us in navigating uh, not just our open relating, but just our relating in general. And like like we were talking about earlier, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's effective understanding to have across the board relating with anyone in our lives Uh, so we're really looking forward to that uh, being Mm. out into the world and we also have a little closed Facebook group that is called Relating Space that we can uh, share with people if you like um, mm-hmm. And I was going to say something else, and then I distracted myself with that little segue. <laughs> uh, I think you were about to ask me if I wanted to share more of. Oh, uh, yes, of of your more recent experience with how much your emotional experience has shifted over the last few years. With yeah. Um, We're talking going from sort of a level of emotional distress where basically I'm 
curled up in a fetal position on the floor of my bedroom, moaning because I don't know what else to do, mm-hmm. to sort of um, 100% support and excitement for Melissa um, entering into the same relational territory with someone else that she was in in the first circumstance. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a huge shift in all of my personal response to how she's being in the world with a particular person. And, and that's, that's very significant, I think. Um, and it's very personally empowering for me to have that level of shift and growth. Um, you know, cause she's right. It was quite, I did have a specific trauma. Having two people break up with me at once was, was hard. One breakup is hard enough. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person oh, yeah. that can take, take that really hard and take it really rough. Um, double down and, you know, Hey, how do I not go completely crazy? Mm. So I remember one evening having so much energy in my body while I was trying to sleep that I just got up, you know, you know, in wearing my shorts and barefoot, and went outside my door at like three o'clock in the morning and it's a residential area. And I just started sprinting down the middle of the street. <laughs> I was like, I got to burn this off right now. So mm-hmm. I just took off down this little <laughs> street that as fast as I could run and ran back to the house. <laughs> I think it helped. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, and I guess people are probably guessing now, it's like, wow, this is not like it's easy or natural. It's like, no, not necessarily. Um, one of the, the deepest principles I've discovered for myself is that um, comfort and aliveness are somewhat opposed to one another in my life. Mm. So if I want to be as alive as I can be, I got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Absolutely. Or unsafe. Mm. Right? So, Amen to that. I, and and I'm not exactly like one of those people that, you know, wants to get on a motorcycle and jump a canyon or anything. I don't do anything <laughs> like that. I'm not into extreme sports, and jumping, none of it. Um, so, you know, it's not it's not natural for me to say, hey, I'm just that type of person. Bring on the exports or whatever. Not me. Yeah. Um, uh <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so I guess that's a little bit about my journey. Mm. What a courageous journey. Took a From little both bit. of you. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really take my hat off to both of you for, um, first of all, having the courage to go there in terms of relating to one another, but also in terms of having the courage to do the unconventional. Um, I know that you've both said that you haven't really experienced any sort of, um, I guess, real sort of questioning from um, peers. Um, But regardless, I think it is a very courageous act to be willing to go out and do something which is, is so... Unconventional, and I believe to be very triggering for someone who hasn't, um, I suppose, hasn't met themselves in a on a level deep enough to sort of explore where their boundaries lie in terms of um, open and closed relationships. 
So I take my hat off to both of you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. I was just talking to a friend earlier today who was saying something about an experience she had where she was scantily clad in front of other people and that women were giving her a hard time about it because of the effect it must be having on her husband and his anxiety or how, you know, how it's somehow disrespectful to him for her to dress that way because uh, he might feel somehow (laughs) uh, like other people are getting to see too much of her or something like that. You know, he's not special anymore or something. She's not saving that for him. Just thinking, wow, you know, and she just said, you know, thanks, but we talked about this and, and, and he had his, his opportunity to, you know, give me his objections if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just thought, well, what a great gift to give those other women, too. It's just a glimpse at this understanding that, hey, maybe um, the way I think things are or ought to be isn't necessarily true. It isn't necessarily right. It isn't necessarily the only way things can occur. Absolutely. Pardon me, I'm going to cough again. (coughs) You've both definitely um, given me a lot to think about. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you. Um, Thank you. Before I let the two of you go, was there anything else that you wanted to uh, bring to light or touch on? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing's jumping out at me at the moment. No, I feel pretty complete for the moment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, certainly, you know, open to talking more on the subject as more questions come up. Hmm. I will uh for the for the listeners I will pop the link to your group, the group that you mentioned, the private Facebook group. Um yeah, I'll pop the link uh in the description of the podcast. Um and then also further down the track when the book that you've mentioned, uh it, it's called Direct Relating, is that right? That's the working title at the moment. Yep. Okay, so when uh yeah, when direct relating is released, um, then I'll do the same. I'll pop the link to um, to get their hands on the book in the podcast details. Um, to the two of you, again, thank you so much for jumping on and being so open and honest and um, giving me the opportunity to explore this topic um, as well as the listeners the opportunity to listen in. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Brianna. Thank you for inviting us out. My absolute pleasure. All right. Well, All right. I will um, speak to you both soon. And um, I'm sure I feel like there's so much more we can sort of explore in terms of 
not only open relationships, but uh, relating in general. But um, we'll leave that for a, another time, hey? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you both so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. What a conversation. <laughs> so I encourage you. Uh, if that brought up some things for you, I encourage you to sort of take that as an opportunity to deep dive into your own consciousness and consider why it brought up things for you. Because I know that it can be quite a triggering conversation and in the past it has, it certainly has been for me. Um, and it still brings up things here and there for me along my own sort of navigation. So, um, I really want to extend the invite to deep dive into that one. Um, as mentioned during the podcast, uh, Melissa and Sean do have a Facebook group, which you are welcome to join. It is called Relating Space. Um, and I will pop the links for that particular group because it is quite a long group URL. I'm going to pop that in the podcast uh, details or description. Um, and also, Keep checking back because when uh, their book is released, I will also pop the link to that in the uh, description. Um, as always, guys, if there is someone in particular that you would like me to interview in the future, please do let me know. Um, if you'd like to know a little bit more about my work and what it is I do through the Live Free Movement, you can find me on all social media under Brianna Bowley, that's B-R-I-A-N-A, B-O-W-L-E-Y, or just search the Live Free Movement. Uh, we release new episodes of the Live Free Experience every Friday. That's Australian time. So for all my American buddies, that will be Thursday, I believe. And until next time, what else is possible? <laughs>